This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante with the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a Thursday afternoon. Did you miss us? Because we were here like Tuesday. It's only been two days since then. The Yankees have played a barn burner of a subway series. We're going to dive into every pitch. No, who could possibly <laughs> want that? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it with the uh, attention it deserves. But obviously the big news on Wednesday night, uh, twofold. One on field. Got to give Carlos Rodon his flowers after we roasted him. And the New York media wrecked him for the last week. That might have been the most important game of the season. I think I can make that argument because I don't think the season is that important. But I think Carlos Rodon feeling comfortable in New York is pretty crucial for the next several years of his contract. Uh, But the off-field news was bigger yesterday, a couple hours before first pitch. Joel Sherman says the Yankees are activating Aaron Judge on Friday for the Orioles series. Barring setbacks, Aaron Boone says not that. Harshes our buzz a little bit after the game. Similar, but Isaiah Kainofalefa says, I believe we're getting the big guy back. So it would seem that Aaron Judge is trending towards a return. We'll talk about the surprise, how much it's going to matter, and whether we believe he's going to be in the lineup on Friday. Plus, Yankees trade deadline plans continue to calcify a little bit, piece by piece. Obviously, they're not going to be big-time buyers. They're not getting Lucas Giolito. They're not getting Shohei Otani, who is not available. Neither of those men are available anymore. But they're going to buy a little bit. We're learning a little bit more detail there. And Thomas Carinante has a target that he would like the Yankees to go relatively all in for. So I'm going to prod you on that because I think you're one of very few people who's thinking this big still, but you'll see. Uh, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. Again, we know this week, this Tuesdays and Thursdays, but Mondays and Thursdays, typically you can find us. Uh, Commenter asked if we were ducking the podcast because the Yankees won a series over the weekend. No, obviously not. We're here again on Thursday after they split again with the mid-Mets. Series split, season split with the disappointing denizens of City Field this year. But that's probably about what you expected. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. You got an offer today for the listeners who have not yet signed up for DraftKings. DraftKings is here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, If you have not signed up, you can take advantage of a limited time promo um, through this weekend for new users. And all you have to do is deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport. What happens after that? You will instantly get $150 in bonus bets added to your, your account. Whether you win or lose the bet, still get the bonus. Pretty good life. All you have to do is use the code YanksGoYard at sign up. Here's the thing. Big thing. Using our code, Yanks Go Yard, not only gets you the bonus, but it supports this podcast. You get to listen to us twice a week. You get to troll us on Twitter. If you support us, you still get to jeer us. So feels like a good deal. If you haven't yet signed up for DraftKings, please do so. Head on over to DraftKings.com or download the app. Sign up. Use the co- uh, code Yanks Go Yard. Place that first bet. Deals like this are what keep our podcast going year-round, baby. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for for full terms of the offer. And man, I'm still not sold on the Yankees. No, why would you be? I also got to say, I know we live in a content world where like art is content and people are numbers, but I don't love the people who use a gambling app being called a users. It doesn't, it doesn't, sit, it doesn't sit right with me. It feels like a little Dehumanizing. bit. Dehumanizing. 
feels a little dehumanizing and a little bit of a nod to, uh, you know, a gambling addiction. But hey, who am I? <laughs> um, I'm just a guy. Uh, Roberto Rosario in the comments saying, Judgy is back. We think he is. We think he is. And so we're going to do this podcast thinking that he is. Uh, big momentum win for the Yankees. We've won four out of five against all bad teams but again they weren't beating the bad teams before so it's definitely fair to be like all right i mean i had fun it's certainly not like a hey man the battle stations go grab uh, available superstars go call about juan soto but it's better to win against bad teams and lose uh the Yankees are downright competent when they face lefties that's also sort of important to note that's why uh you know, if we can get Jake Bowers or Billy McKinney out of the lineup against a lefty, make that lineup even better, get a Randall Grichik or something, maybe you just get that right amount better down the stretch. It's crazy to say because we have all right-handers. Well, it's insane. Uh, but, but, yeah, we got to replace even the lefties that we do have in the lineup against lefties. But they beat Quintana yesterday. He's a good pitcher. Justin Verlander rocks him to sleep in the first one. Uh, yeah. That's the script. They've never beaten Justin Verlander during my entire life. Maybe he did. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I actually saw them beat him on opening day once. First opening day I ever went to. Hit a couple home runs off him in 2011. Yeah. But, again, that was 2011. Pedro Feliciano was on the team. It's been a while. Uh, a year. Yesterday, Joel Sherman says Judge coming back, plans to activate him on Friday. Uh, Sean, can't we all we know from the team, Aaron Boone refuses to say what, what they're going to do, what they're not going to do. Big bummer considering the news is already out there. So, like, you don't even get benefit from, well, you think you're going to catch the Orioles off guard if you activate Judge? Like, you're going to get a game plan advantage? I yeah. just want to know whether he's okay or not. All we've gotten is quotes from other people who are not Aaron Boone talking about the rehab. Sean Casey saying he was hitting balls to the said balls to the rocks, man, in in Anaheim the other day. That's great. Reports from the Florida Complex League as he looks strong, was hitting homers, uh, unlike the Jonathan Loisga session where we just saw him hit foul dribblers, trying to get that timing right. You and I are both aligned that, hey, if he's not healthy, don't do this. This is a 54-48 team that has the ceiling of a playoff also ran if you add Aaron Judge to it. There are a lot of problems with this team that don't get solved with Aaron Judge. But if he's feeling healthy enough to contribute, and if he has avoided long-term complications, it would feel equally silly to say, don't play. So if he's coming back, I'm fine with it. Yeah, because if anybody's going to be extra cautious, it's the Yankees. Um, they're certainly going to be extra cautious with somebody who just signed a $360 million contract. So I, I wouldn't say I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't say I'm overly confident that something else might not happen in the event. I don't know. He stubs his toe again, yeah. stubs his toe on uh, someone's locker in the clubhouse. Um, no, just knock on wood, please. Yeah. Don't do Cause that. that, that would be an actual story. Um, but yeah, no, this whole thing, is great but it's also bothering me and it's classic yankees because you get good news report from you know i believe joel sherman we've talked about it a million times plugged in him and jack curry yep the most plugged in guys to the yankees he didn't hesitate to deliver that news and then also you look around the league and there were a couple other reporters i think um uh, pete caldera was one um there was one other in there and they were speculating that the weekend actually made sense. There was a scout. Oh, Eric Boland said the scouts saw him uh, Homer and that he wasn't favoring his toe and that it looked like he would probably be ready for this week. And then of course you have Aaron Boone facing the media and it's one of two things that are happening here. He doesn't have all the information that he needs to have before facing the media. So why are we facing the media when we don't have all the information or two He's just lying like the Yankees always do. 
So you talk about something that's supposed to reinvigorate the fan base, reinvigorate this team, make everybody feel good. And we're getting the positive reports from all these people who are plugged in. And then we're getting complete denial from the manager who is saying initially he won't need a rehab assignment two days ago. And then yesterday saying, well, we don't know if he might need a rehab assignment. So we'll see. Um, I just don't know how this team is constantly in this situation when it comes to relaying important news or facing the media with um, a, a hot button issue. There, it's it's never in lockstep with anything, even if it's something that is supposed to be positive, something that's supposed to be you know livening for a team that feels dead. Because you look at last night's win, a three-one win, but one for eleven with runners in scoring position, six hits. Not enough cashing in. Carlos Rodon was good, but also like gotten a, a weird bits of trouble here and there that made you feel very uncomfortable. Um, and then the night before was an absolute circus with the defense and um, uh, the the uh, the lack of hitting in in big situations when you had runners on base. So give us something, one thing. A win last night, yes, was great, but it was still it was a vintage 2023 Yankees win where they win the game and you're like. Yeah, they were kind of supposed to do that, but also like they also probably should have blown that. And you're and then you don't know how to feel. And then you have the report yesterday talking about how the Yankees are undecided about what they're going to do at the deadline. Then they win yesterday and now all of a sudden they're leaning towards buying. So at least that report would suggest that I don't think the Yankees are dumb enough to be like, you know what? We'll buy. We won one game. This probably means Aaron Judge is going to be back this weekend. Good news is that you have Garrett Cole, Clark Schmidt, the Yankees' two hottest starters on for the first two games of this series. If you take the first two, I think you're buying. And Dean Kramer in the third, who's been struggling all year, although he just buzzsawed through the Yankees. You can't have any expectations here, but um, the, the the stats are remain hilarious. They're going to be funny all year long. Uh, Aaron Judge hasn't played since June 3rd. He's third on the team in RBI still. Uh, three behind Glaber and one behind Rizzo. Come on. Uh, first in home runs, still no Yankee. And the Yankees hit home runs. That's their thing. No Yankees managed to eclipse 19 uh, through, uh, you know, June 3rd, 19 homers for Judge. And he missed a week and a half prior to that after yeah. he dove head first in a third base in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota! <laughs> Joe Biden voice. Um, and he's still got the most home runs on the team by three. Jeff McNeil robbed labor Torres of one yesterday. Of course, Jeff McNeil made yesterday all about him. Uh, so it was easy to even forget that we were talking about Aaron judge, Yeah, but uh, good for the New York Yankees. Hopefully if they are able to get him right and get him activated before August for a massive series, it's undeniably a boost. Even if it does not, uh, none of us, I think even if judge helps him go on a run, none of us are believers that there is something special going on in the Bronx this year. And the time judge has spent away from the team. All it did was clarify that a, the roster's built wrong B uh, the work that judge did last year to paper over the offensive struggles. He was doing it again this year. Yeah. So they were definitely on pace to win between 90 and 95 games. If he'd stayed healthy all year, it doesn't mean much for the postseason, as we all know, unless he'd gone on an all time October heater, then you can win the World Series. But uh, him coming back raises the team ceiling, gives them a chance to compete for a wild card because there's still only a couple of games back there. I don't think Houston's going to fall off, but the Jays are the Jays. I don't have that much faith in them. I think the last spot uh, doesn't – I'm not breaking new ground here. I think it comes down to the Jays, Red Sox, or Yankees for one spot. 
And who do you take? The team with Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon in front of the rotation and Aaron Judge in the lineup? Or the Red Sox, who are going to maybe sell Adam Duvall, have a bunch of rookies who've been up and down all year, and we'll go through a 12-game stretch of being 10-2, and two, averaging seven runs a game, and then we'll go 1-6, averaging 2.4 runs a game. Uh, and then the Blue Jays, who have a propensity to gag in important moments, just uh, blew a four-run lead at Dodger Stadium in the ninth inning to reduce their chances of making the postseason. And uh, I, I, I don't want to take a victory lap too early, but uh, Dalton Varsho. Bad, bad year. Um, get Gabriel Moreno now on the IL. So I, I guess you, you might not have been able to sell him at the deadline either. But uh, we taught, what did we say before the season? Varsho has to be the best defensive player in baseball to justify uh, the poor offensive production outside of the homers. Well, he's got a 630 OPS, outs above average in the 87th percentile, outfielder jump 81st percentile. So he's merely been very good on defense and horrific on offense. So even the Blue Jays fans who called us out are beginning to turn. I have nothing more to say about that because I know – the Yankees face the Blue Jays in September, and I know they'll probably knock us out of that wild card race, and he'll probably do it. But getting Aaron Judge back officially puts the Yankees in the three-team race for the final spot instead of being outside a two-team race for the final spot. Yeah. Um, also, in the post game last night, they said Judge was already back in the Bronx. Yeah, he's in New York now. So it's like, then what are you gonna? You're, you brought him back to the Bronx to send him out on a rehab assignment. You brought him back. I am back to Florida. Yeah, like what? Like what? What? Like that? That's where. That's where this gets even more, even more infuriating because it's like he's just gonna play simulated games at Yankee Stadium instead of just staying in Tampa. Like what? The, what is the change of? What's the change of venue gonna do for anybody? He's coming back. So enjoy it, everybody. Um, there would not be nobody would be jumping the gun on this report if they didn't know it for sure. Um, and then you wouldn't get news today that the Yankees are, quote, leaning towards buying at this point. Uh, my only problem is I don't know who they're going to buy. We'll talk about that in a little while. But um, Rodon. Yeah, we owe yeah. Uh, Rodon a little some something um that was much needed for him uh wfam went a little bit off the rails with Un- unbelievable <laughs> what are you trying to win baseball games like truly no you got the producer for whatever the fucking show is sean yeah. morash the producer yeah. of the tiki barber and wherever he is now is Evan brandon Tierney still his partner yeah i mean i'm not watching that or listening to that um it's no. like that the long text message meme like good for you or sorry about that i'm not reading all that like i'm not <laughs> listening to the tiki barber shows that i don't know what roles these people play uh, but you put your opinion out there like that i don't have to know who you are to be able to criticize it yeah and tiki barber also and his last two shows before i guess getting this promotion um lobbied to trade anthony volpe in a headlining package for Shohei Otani. Not going to happen. And uh, wondered if there was any reason to regret the Aaron Judge contract because of this freak toe injury. Um, so that's where we are in the WFAN world at this point. Um, but nonetheless, Rodon blew that kiss to that one Yankees fan in Anaheim. Uh, that kind of set the stage for a lot of negative feelings heading into his next start in the Bronx, which was his fourth career as a Yankee. Badly needed a win because he was 0-3 in his first three and not entirely impressive. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be impressive right off the bat because that was a long layoff and it's very difficult to come back from um, those types of injuries that he had and then also just hit the ground running in the middle of a very important stretch for a team that's struggling. But I'll take five and a third with one earned. Um, Yeah, I know he hit Jeff McNeil. He looked a little erratic at times. hard. Really hard. But um, I thought the velocity was there. His intensity was there. 
Um, he kind of shook off all of – I thought that the fact that he was able to put forth a near-quality start with all of the uh, the negative press surrounding him, I thought that said a lot. So th- that was really my main takeaway. I wasn't overly impressed with his stuff. I think he's still working on it. He's still getting there. Um, but he battled. He got the job done. Um, and look, the Mets have been playing solid baseball. They're like yeah. twelve and eight in their last twenty games. They went six and two right before the uh, the All Star break. So they have a talented squad. So the fact that he did what he did, I'm on board. Undeniably, a better lineup than ours right now. Like yeah. the Mets are, are wildly disappointing, but there's a reason that they have a giant payroll and had high expectations because the offensive players are are good, and the the rotation includes Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. So. Um, you know, it doesn't take you don't have to do some sleuthing work to figure out why people had high expectations for the Mets. Uh, Jeff McNeil has been awful. This he's the one guy he's been awful this year, but oh, he man. puts up professional at bats against the Yankees every single time they play. And uh, yeah, Rodon does not have the control yet. Walked three drilled McNeil in the back. Um, 95 McNeil sat down and flung his helmet around like he'd been, you know shot on the ground in Iwo Jima. Like that, that reaction did not feel commensurate. See, that was the 13th time he's been hit this year. Though. It definitely hurt, right? Yeah. It definitely hurt. And he was definitely bummed, but to whip that helmet, yeah. like you could drill. It was going near the dugout. You could drill somebody yeah. you could start a fight. Um, sat on the ground for a little too long for my taste, but then obviously you get hit with the 95 mile an hour fastball in the shoulder blaze. You're not having a great time. Um, McNeil robs Glaber Torres of a Homer could have gotten him ever closer to judge the team leader. Alas, didn't quite do it. Uh, McNeil comes up towards the end of the game too. Uh, Rodon gets through five and two thirds, walks a bunch of guys, gives up most of the hardest hit balls of the game. So gets a little bit lucky, but strikes out Pete Alonzo with two men on and the fifth on a well-placed slider opens the game with two K's. But you know what? More important than the particulars are, you're right, the gumption things. The the fact that he was able to, in a game that could have been a disaster, you had Sean Marash saying fans should boo him every time he comes off the mound. Which again, like, do you want to win the game? Do you want to win the game? Or do you want to uh, just cement your reputation? Like, do you want to end the season saying, like, we made as many uh, of our own players uh, pee their pants as we possibly could. That was our goal and we executed it. <laughs> or do you want to win baseball games? Because Carlos Rodon's not a rental. <clears throat> if you want to harass Aaron Hicks, you harass him out of town. Good job. If you want to harass Joey Gallo, we got you Clayton Beater. Good job. Carlos Rodon is here for five and a half years. And all we know about him is that he's a competitive SOB, right? He made a mistake. The kiss was dumb. That was a huge error in judgment by Carlos Rodon, who uh, we started to question. All we knew was that he was a fiery, fire me up kind of lefty and that he was built for New York. And then three starts in after he suffers from this chronic back injury, he's already fed up enough with the fan base to go seek out people in a road game and blow a kiss at them. And so you're like, wow, does the new hobbled version of Rodon like has he gotten his metal eaten away enough by the injury and the recovery that now he's got this thinner skin uh and so he had a lot to prove to set the tone for this year I guess but mostly the next five years where he's going to be very necessary if this team is going to contend we know the offense has long-term problems we know Stanton and Rizzo and LeMahieu are issues right? We know Harrison Bader, whether you extend him or let him go, either there's an iffy player in center long-term or there's another hole there. There are plenty of problems on offense. You need Garrett Cole 
and rode on to be one, two for the next five years to have any chance of contending in those given years. So if rode on struggles three, two thirds, six earned gets booed off the mound again, he's getting booed in his fifth start. If he gets booed in his fourth start, it's probably not ending for the remainder of the year. If he's bad in this game. And so the fact that he was able to shake all that off, like we were told he could, we were promised he could, and then he did is massive moving forward. Yeah, it's it's real. Uh, finally, I guess you you feel some good vibes. Um, you wanted him being a fire breather. You wanted that kind of reawakening in him. Um, so, if that's going to hopefully be the springboard to set the tone for the remainder of the contract, or even you know, we'll take it step by step. The remainder of uh, this month it doesn't start again this month though. So the remainder of uh, the next month after we make moves at the trade deadline, then um, I think we'll have a good preview of what's to come. You're right. The offense does have a lot of issues, but as we've seen with the Yankees the last couple of years, when the offense has massive issues or goes through massive ruts, the pitching has kept them afloat. The starting pitching has largely been really good for two years now, um, and it's saved the Yankees a lot of times when they haven't been able to score. In the playoffs, that's even more paramount because the Yankees famously don't hit in the playoffs, at least in – our recent years of watching them um and they're gonna be they're gonna have to keep these games close going into the seventh and eighth inning in order to stand a chance i'm happy with it i hope we see more in his next start come the beginning of next month which is it'll probably be right after the deadline right he'll be facing the rays right after the deadline it seems yeah um and we'll know at that point we'll know at that point where we stand but as for the plans Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. The plans for the, the plans, the plans. What, what's the plan? What do we know so far? We know this morning, Ken Rosenthal says Brian Cashman under a lot of pressure. Yeah, great. Sure. Good job discerning that. Uh, seems like a mini buy right now, yeah. uh, which we tried. We tried to convince ourselves of a sell. But how far do we get before we were like, eh, nobody wants these people. So <laughs> with that in mind, yeah. 
you kind of have to mini buy as long as it's miniature and, and you're trying to acquire somebody who's under contract beyond 2023. Uh, somebody raised an important point today, though, and I, I can't remember who it was. I want to credit him, but, but can't. Just that, like, for the sake of viewership, it doesn't even matter if the Yankees ultimately do make the postseason. Can we just get a left fielder of some kind to, like, sh- to, just so that when we're watching these games, we have a left fielder in there? Like, that would be great. Yeah, it'd be great to have somebody who could, who's played left field before, not as a Yankee, not when the Yankees decided, like, you know what, we're going to put you in left field. So figure it out. Um, I don't know what someone explained to me. I don't know what a mini buy would be. Are you buying a bunch of uh, tchotchkes or something? Yeah, I, don't, I love New York shirts, like restocking <laughs> the concession. A bunch of gnomes. Like, what is what are we talking? <laughs> I, I do a bunch of gnomes. Yeah. You, you keep looking around and I don't know. I don't know what there is to buy. I mean, I thought if you were going to go look, the Dodgers pulled off some interesting moves. The Kike Hernandez move, very interesting. The Ahmed Rosario, very interesting. Obviously two pieces that we didn't really need, but is there, are there under the radar people we're not thinking about? Then again, I don't think there are because we kind of know who the sellers are at this point. We know the Mets are going to sell some rentals. We know the Nationals are looking to sell some people. Um, the Pirates are the Pirates are selling, but they're not going to be selling anybody of note. The Cardinals and the White Sox are guarded in terms of who they're going to trade, and I don't know if it's a mini buy if you're acquiring one of these younger outfielders from the Cardinals that have all the uh, all this club control. They're going to want a decent return uh, mm-hmm. for that. I don't think the Rockies have anybody we want. Um, the A's don't have anybody we want. The Royals, do they have anybody we want? I just don't think they do. Um, I just don't know. I don't know what the mini buy would entail. I don't think Randall Grichuk is – he's fine. I yes, think that's he, what the mini buy would entail. I guess. It's Randall Grichuk and what? I don't know. But, like, you look at someone like the Padres, they're going to be selling some rentals hopefully, so you can maybe do something like that. I don't know who else is out there that's controllable that's going to help this team because if you look at making moves right now, this team is not good enough where they have the luxury of overpaying for a really good rental. And even though they're really they're, there's very few very good rentals out there anyway, so any move that's made has to be future conscious. They have to be saying, okay, this has to help us now, and then it at least has to help us in 2024 or else – you're back at square one with a blank slate in the offseason with the same problems you have, fishing through free agency, and we know how tough it is to recruit free agents to New York now um, without paying an egregious amount of money to them because that's the only reason anybody wants to play here anymore. They want to get their money's worth, so um, it'll be worth it for the taxes, and so they are they feel like they're being compensated enough for dealing with all the media and the bullshit that follows it. So mini buy, you're telling me it's Randall Grichuk and – what another uh um who's the other starter on the market that i keep forgetting about um starting pitcher starting pitcher yeah Mike michael lorenzen maybe yeah mike yeah but again yeah just doesn't count um buyback Mon- jordan montgomery no um, <laughs> I but yeah i don't see that's that's where i'm kind of confused i think at least I think it maybe they if they're going to go for it to me you go you go big and you go Blake Snell we could talk about that in a minute or 
you retool and you get rid of all the players we talked about last episode, and then you just see how you could fill the gaps and how maybe it changes the chemistry of the team or how it changes, um, uh, you know, the way in which they approach different, you know, uh, different nights on offense. Like, I don't know. I feel like the approach needs to change because there's not enough hitting. There's not enough walks. Um, but I don't know what, I don't know what the cheaper acquisitions get you in this market. And that's why it's kind of troubling because you look at someone like, we'll keep talking about it. Glaber Torres, if you want to trade somebody and get value, then that's probably someone you have to trade. But do you want to trade him? Cause he's hitting the ball really well right now. Do you trust that he's going to help you in 2024? I don't know. Nothing is funnier than the trade deadline when like the top available players are people you could have had for like six cents this offseason. Yeah. If you got them, nobody would have been like the Yankees had signed Heimer Candelario. Like we would have been destroying them. And now all of a sudden he's like the most, you know, enticing asset on the Washington Nationals. Lane Thomas, very controllable. So if you're talking about controllable buys for the future, but He's going to be expensive. He's yeah. a righty, and his metrics are poor. Like, the hard hit is 40%. The average exit below is 25%. X-Wobe, a 38th percentile. Like, do you, do you really believe in that enough to surrender real assets? Do you really believe in Dylan Carlson enough to surrender the assets the Cardinals are going to demand? Because the Cardinals got pantsed on Dylan Carlson. Yeah, Because he, he stood in the way of a Juan Soto acquisition. And, and a lot of good reporting has been done saying that he wasn't untouchable and he wasn't the sole sticking point or whatever. But they were hesitant to give him up for Juan Soto last year. And now he's a 240 hitting lefty bat with very little power. And you could get that from Billy McKinney, who's already on your team. Or you could trade two top pitching prospects like a Will Warren and somebody else and, and a lottery ticket for Dylan Carlson. He's not going to come because <laughs> the Cardinals got pants. Jack Flaherty, like, doesn't move the needle for me. I've seen that name connected to the Yankees. That's a pure rental, four ERA guy, provides you innings, but is also hurt a lot. I'd be more interested in – I know it's counterproductive, but I'd be more interested in signing Jack Flaherty for money and then getting him in the lab because I like his arm than I would be in trading assets for him for the next two months. Um, There has to be a left fielder in place at the end of the deadline. I agree – with the comments. And I agree with the notion that even if he does not lead the Yankees to a playoff berth this year, I just can't watch this anymore. Like Jake Bowers is not an outfielder. He's a delightful presence and should have a role on the bench next year and should at least compete for one, but he's not an outfielder right now. He's starting every day because he's one of the team's best power bats. So can we get an 800 or a 780 OPS guy in left field for the rest of the season so that Jake Bowers at least doesn't have to play against lefties or can maybe DH sometimes when Stanton's in right, Torres at second, Volpe short. You get Peraza at short, Volpe the off day, DJ at third. I, I, I'm just uh, – Aaron Boone loves to say when you manage the team, you can do that. I, I'm not trying to manage the team. I'm just you know, just trying to make obvious uh, statements here. But you prefer – if you're looking for a big target, you prefer to watch the San Diego Padres falter. Yes, and uh, they keep flip-flopping, it seems, based on these reports. Two days ago, they were denying trade offers for Josh Hader and Blake Snell. Then they lose a series to the Pirates, and now they're entertaining offers. Mm -hmm. So they're probably just seeing what they might be able to get, and if it's overwhelming and they don't get the job done this weekend, I don't even know how they play this weekend, but they they need to win the series to probably convince themselves that they're going to stand, that they're going to they're going to hold and and maybe buy. Because AJ Preller is a smart guy and he does a ton of evaluating and 
he definitely is not going to be sleeping over the next week or so. Um, but yeah, I think if Blake Snell is available, you inquire about that because remember, this team's going to need pitching in the offseason. Blake Snell's very familiar in the AL East. I just have the stats here. I'll pull them back up. But this is a guy who is front runner for the NL Cy Young right now. So theoretically, I guess he would lose the Cy Young award by getting traded to the AL if that were to happen. Bummer. Um, he's pitching out of his mind since the beginning of May. So he's got the momentum. That kind of presence would rejuvenate the locker room. And um, it would give the Yankees an even greater strength in the rotation because there's not a lot of good hitters available. So what are you going to do if you're going to try and make an impact move and you're going to try and kind of cancel out the struggles you have on the hitting side is just continue to get better with pitching. Um, I think that you also look at the fact that if he has, if he gets along with Carlos Rodon and Garrett Cole, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for the Yankees to maybe extend him in the offseason. I don't know how much he would cost. I don't know much. I don't know how much he'd be looking for. Um, because well, we were on, we were on Snell a while back as just like yeah. a whim because when the Padres were in town, he put up an Instagram story with Aaron Judge and then Judge yeah. reposted it. Judge doesn't use social media. No. So like that's why that matters. Like obviously about you know, that. Obviously, you want to take a picture with Aaron Judge. Like, who wouldn't want to do yeah. that? But Snell was like, great to see you, big dog, or something. And Judge was like, good chilling, or whatever. Like, Judge doesn't do that. So Aaron Judge played GM a little bit this offseason. He got him Carlos Rodon and nothing else. But uh, <laughs> once the Yankees finally acquiesced to Judge's ask for the massive extension, which was not a mistake, um, they're going to be listening to him more moving forward. Might have to wait till the offseason when he is a free agent. Yeah. But we know Judge and Snell have a relationship, and Judge has voiced that. So something to think about. Yeah, that's a really good point. I can't believe I forgot about that. Um, but you look at his stats. when He was in the AL East for a while with the Rays. He's got a 2.74 ERA and 14 starts against the Blue Jays. Um, he has a uh, – not great against the O's, which is weird because the O's were bad when he used to face them. So maybe now that they're good, he'll be better. Yeah. 4.58 ERA and seven starts. Red Sox, 3.24 ERA and 13 starts. Um, and the Yankees were the only team that like truly knocked him around. 4.31 ERA and 18 starts. Um, he also completely obliterates the Dodgers. Um, and his one start against the Rays as a Padre, six scoreless innings, 12 strikeouts, 0.83 whip. Um, small sample size there. But, oh, and 2.66 career ERA against the Mets in eight starts. Um, he has experience in the postseason which obviously helps. Again, I don't know what this costs, but if there's no impact bat out there, unless you're thinking Cody Bellinger, but we don't know where the Cubs stand, and I think everybody listening right now knows how we feel about Cody Bellinger. It's going to cost money. The Yankees are going to have to offset it with some other financial gymnastics because I, I believe that there probably is still a desire to get below that luxury tax threshold, um, and then he's going to completely suck ass the moment he gets here. And you all know it to be true. And if you don't think it's true, then you're just trying to convince yourself otherwise because it's hard to continuously deal with this type of stuff because um, it's frustrating. Every time the Yankees try to bring in an impact bat, um, it doesn't really work out. So my whole theory here is you go all in on pitching. You still have Aaron Judge. When Aaron Judge comes back, we also have to remember it is going to improve the lineup. There's going to be more protection in the lineup. I'm not saying this is all of a sudden going to be a machine, but it's no, not going to be a machine, dude. It's about to be a machine. <laughs> brain, 
it's not train coming for the ALEs. <laughs> it's just not going to be a three-run offense anymore. And I think if you have enough pitching, as we've seen in the in the, the last few years with teams that won the World Series and managed to buckle down and and shut down, you know, good opposing offenses, you have a chance. The Yankees World Series odds stand at 25 to 1 for a reason. They are not likely to win. I don't think no. they're sold on any of that at any point. But if Blake Snell's price isn't too crazy, and if you can trade from a surplus of prospects, I think that's the move. What's up with the Rays, too? Like, what's going on there? They're, they're not playing well. They're four and eight in the second half. Uh, I believe they're five wins like, this month. Yeah. They're like five and 15 in July. Is it? Yeah, they're five and 15 in July, getting outscored by 22 runs. Uh, that's some straight up 2022 Yankees August shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely just like worth stroking your chin a little bit and being like being able to hit a little bit being able to match them arm for arm might be like beneficial down the stretch like zach eflin is hurt now that also you know probably a bummer for the rate like i'm not what july 27th like there's two full months of season left Maybe I was a little hasty in grouping my team, grouping the Red Sox and Jays and Yankees together. Like, should I throw the Rays down there? Like, are the Orioles the clear class of the division? And then the Yankees, Rays, Jays, and Red Sox competing for two spots? Because, I don't know, 5 and 15. You could you could argue the, the worst is behind them. But as any fan of the 2022 Yankees knows, the worst was June 20th to September 11th. They gave these teams two and a half months to come get them. And they whittled a 16 and a half game lead down to four before the Yankees turned it on a little bit at the end. So the Rays only had a 10 or 11 game lead. If, if, and the Rays and Jays didn't really do much last year and trying to chase us down, they were just fine. Yeah. And we were abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the, if the Rays want to be 10, you know, five and 15, 10 under in July, if they want to be catchable, they're not getting Shohei Otani. Are they adding anybody that scares you like to this lineup, to this rotation? Or are they adding Blake Snell back? Like they already refused to pay him during his most expensive free agent years. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know who the Rays are getting who's gonna really spook you. Although one name just before we, you know, sign off, we gotta talk about the Mets. I wish the Yankees were in a slightly different position. Because the Mets put three players on the market yesterday, two of whom are connected to the Yankees already in Tommy Pham and Mark Hanna, mm-hmm. which those fine, sure. And one of which was not connected to the Yankees at all in David Robertson. And I just wish the Yankees were good enough to make a David Robertson rental a, a priority. They're not, and they shouldn't do that. But I always want David Robertson back on the team. Yeah. He doesn't age. He's just as good now as he was five years ago. He invigorated the 2017 run just as much as Canely and Todd Frazier did. Don't forget the efforts of any of those people. But that everybody always says, man, the 2017 Yankees weren't that good during the regular season. Like, how'd they go on this October run? Those three people. Great Cashman trade, plus the foundation that was already there. Um, but great Cashman trade. One of maybe the last good ones. Um, David Robertson, be, having him and getting the opportunity to get him back on this team would be crucial but there's just no reason to do that. He costs too much money. They don't need a closer. Uh, the Rays need bullpen help. He was also just in Tampa a couple of years ago. That would be one where if that were to happen, I would say, sure. But the Yankees and Steve Cohen, Hal Steinbrenner and Cohen have this great relationship. 
kept the Mets out of the judge chase this offseason. All we've heard is that they're more than willing to talk with each other. It'd be nice if they were able to hook up on something meaningful, but Fam and Canna are not in my top two. Nope. That's why just get the pitching. And I guess if you can, I guess if everybody wants Bellinger, we can do it. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's going to work out. But these other, these other rental options are sure. Um, Nothing, nothing's enticing. And that's the problem. Um, But in going back to the Rays for a second, because I've been looking at their stats Mm -hmm. periodically, because remember, I think through like May or in the beginning of June, everybody was OPSing like nine something. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Christian Bethencourt fell off a cliff, 72 OPS plus. Brandon Lau, league average. Um, uh, Josh Lowe, he was, he's still playing well, but he's not playing out of his mind. Uh, Wander Franco, 752 OPS, not really good for that kind of guy. You're thinking that's your best player. Taylor Walls, 89 OPS plus. Remember, he was hitting like 300 with an 890 OPS. Um, Manny Margot back down to earth. So we told you this was going to happen. They still have guys that are performing well um, and that are keeping uh, things afloat for them. But the pitching injuries seem to have caught up to them um, with the Drew Rasmussen and the uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jeffrey Springs injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were huge. So, yeah, you're witnessing the. Uh, the grind of the 162-game season finally uh, hitting the Rays at this point. Just would have been nice if the Yankees were playing regular baseball because then this would be a much interesting playoff race. Um, but here we are. Nothing yeah. nothing that he, nothing inspiring here, and then you're going to try to convince me to talk buy options, and um, I only got one for you. Everything else... What do you want to spend on? Do you want to you want to mortgage the future? Do you trust? I don't know. I guess it depends if you trust that the future is going to be good. Do you want to do you want to uh, blow your load on these top pro- like the upper echelon of the farm system, which is what they did the last couple of years? No, nope. they did that purposely in order to make room for these guys because they thought that the second tier of players was going to be better. Um, so it just depends what you think can truly elevate this team. Tommy Pham actually isn't the worst idea. No, he's not. I just kind of don't want him. Well, we'll we'll never get Jack Peterson at that rate. It's never happening. Um, Tommy Pham, not the worst. No, absolutely not the worst idea. And if they walk away from the deadline with Tommy Pham, I would salute. Again, get me a left fielder. Um, He's not really a great defender. He's kind of a butcher out there, too. but, But not to this extent. Not to the extent where two... 050 expected batting average bloops are falling and losing you a game nine three. Uh, he's played the position for years at least. He's not just some guy like from the local hardware store who you're like, you want to try? You want to give it a try? Um, I I yeah the the Red Sox are sort of becoming that team with the the lineup wide 800 OPS that the Rays were earlier in the season where you're like, what the fuck is this? But you know what? <laughs> Um, best record in baseball since June 30th against some truly dreadful teams. So we'll, we'll see what happens when they play some goodies. Uh, big comeback win again from them yesterday, though, against the Braves. Always. It's always how it happens. Um, what would it take to get Cody Bellinger just quickly before we sign off? Um, I have a question before we sign off, too. Great. Um, I mean, the Bellinger stuff bums me out because the comments are right that we could have just signed him in the offseason. 
But you and I both know that if the Yankees had dropped $17.5 million on Cody Bellinger, the bounce back candidate, after he hit like a 58 OPS plus and a 70 yeah. mark or whatever in L.A., everyone would have been all over us. It would have been like, You're, you got rid of Gary Sanchez just to sign Gary Sanchez, the outfield version. Why did you do that? He would definitely come here and have been Joey Gallo light. The whiffs would still be up. The power would be occasional. He'd have 11 or 12 home runs right now, but he'd be hitting 190. Um, yep. so I, I, they certainly could have done it in the off season and it could have worked out for sure. But if they had spent 17 and a half million on Belger, I would have been like, Oh my, why, why, why? Like I thought the, but I thought there was a budget here. Um, so kudos to Bellinger. I think it would probably take like two big names and a lesser name at this point from the prospect charts. Yep. The Yankees were willing to clear out the upper levels of the minors last year because they knew they could replenish from within. Turns out they were right. Rare credit to the development staff and Brian Cashman. They got rid of Wes Nesky and Waldachuk and Medina and J.P. Sears. You don't really miss those guys because they replaced them with Chase Hampton, Clayton Beater, and uh, uh, the Drew Thorpe. And yeah. uh, even Brendan Beck is back now. Like they, they, they replaced them with a lot of names who've been doing very well. Um, but the Cubs have won seven of eight. And the Cubs have a, they're one game under 500 right now. They had a big comeback win yesterday and they have the run differential is crazy. Um, usually the most accurate metric for this stuff, the Padres and Cubs are the two with crazy run differentials. Padres are plus 51 and are five under, which would make you think they might be more competent than their record uh, states. The Mets and the Padres keep getting lumped together, but the Mets are minus 13. They're bad. The Padres are plus 51. They might be okay. Their expected win loss is 57 and 46. And the Cubs are third in the central, but they're plus 48. Their expected win loss is 55 and 46. They get going in the wild card. That basically puts them right in the wild card race. So I think not only have the Cubs won seven of eight, I don't think they've fooled themselves into being buyers. I think that's more in line with the way they should be playing and they maybe should be buyers. So um, Bellinger is a great idea now that we've seen him fix his swing, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah. And it, look in the event that they're like teetering on buying or selling, you're going to have to convince them to buy and it's going to cost you more. That's how this works. That's how the business works. Um, you throw somebody a deal and you wait and see if they bite, if they're not getting anything that they feel is worth it. They're not. They're, why would they? Why would they risk it? Um, but my one question. Yeah. Seattle Mariners, fifty-two and fifty, four and a half games out of the wild card race. Four games before the break. They're facing the Diamondbacks for three, mm -hmm. and our good friends the Boston Red Sox for one. Yes, they are. What if this team drops four? Fifty-two. Then then you're, then they're fifty-two and fifty-four. And say under this model, the Yankees take two of three and they're off on Monday, right? Are the Yankees off Monday or did I make that up? I don't actually think they are. <laughs> they usually okay. are, but I don't think they are. Okay, uh, so let's say the Yankees win three of four. Probably not going to happen. The Angels no, renewed Monday. the Angels renewed energy after that blockbuster trade and they might um, get uh, Heimer Candelario as well. They're in talks with the Nationals. And if the Red Sox win a head-to-head -head game against the Mariners, that's that's a double whammy because then they'll gain. It'll be that. What if the Mariners, Jerry Depoto, who loves to wheel and deal, what happens here if they dip below 500? They think their chances are kind of uh, dead in the water, if you will, because I don't think their schedule gets any necessarily any easier. Who do you want from this team? Would Teoscar Hernandez be an outfielder? 
Is he an outfielder? That's my question. Is he an out? I don't. Yeah, I mean, he strikes out a whole lot, so he would definitely, uh, he would definitely fit the portfolio here. Um, maybe some of this pitching. They got some bullpen guys that are having really good years. Justin Topa, never heard of him, but pitching well. Paul mm-hmm. Seawald, our guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Brash. Um, Matt Brash. Taylor Saucedo. I've got my eye on him. I watched him and enjoyed him like a week and a half ago and was yeah. like, get all, that these, all these guys are putting up numbers. I don't think they're going to trade anybody in their rotation because they set up their rotation very nicely um, up for the future with Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, um, and Miller. But I don't know. Depends. Uh, it just – it. Re- it really depends what they consider doing because at that point, if you're them, you have to sell, you at least have to sell rentals, which would be Hernandez. Hernandez is a rental and well, they're not, no one's taking Colt Wong in his 36 OPS plus. Not me. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. We're, we're definitely not doing that. Um, but uh, AJ Pollock, is anybody uh, interested, is anybody interested in a first baseman with an eight forty eight OPS? Mike Ford. Mike Ford. Is anybody interested in Mike Ford? <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. No, um, another one though. In case you were not paying attention, yes, Mike Ford has an eight forty eight fucking OPS plus. Of course he does. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but that could be another late seller into the game. I don't know. I've seen all these. I feel like there's been a bunch of creative moves done already. I don't know why the Braves gave up whatever they gave up for Pierce Johnson, but who knows? It'll probably work out for them. They came in and blew a game at Fenway yesterday, so shout out to the Pierce Johnson trade. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't – again, I don't know. I'm not sold. I'm not – am I excited? The fact that the Angels just jumped the line when they were completely unsure if they were going to sell the best player in the sport, and then they said no, and then they bought – a very good starter and a very good reliever to help their chances. Um, that worries me for the wild card race. Mm-hmm. So Yankees just got to figure it out. Well, just we're going to know what's up. We're going to know what's up next week. They do play Monday. They, the Rays series starts immediately after the weekend. Nice to have an off day today. Mm-hmm. Considering we know momentum isn't a real thing. So like they had momentum against KC and then lost. I, I don't think the off day is going to blunt their one game momentum for winning the Carlos Rodon start. Nice to breathe. Nice to get a weird little two-game series with off day Monday and Thursday. Um, let's uh, let's go learn a little something about this team with, with Garrett Cole on the mound against called backup rookie Grayson Rodriguez with uh, who we got going in the second game. It was a fa- it was Clark Schmidt against who? Uh, Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells, who oh, like yeah. gives up homers. We're fine. Like, we hit those sometimes. Maybe Aaron Judge goes yard. Maybe the Yanks go yard. Um, I don't have high expectations, but winning the first two in this series would be massive. Um, And certainly just set yourself up for an interesting deadline where, again, they're going to buy a little bit. They're going to buy a little bit. I have an idea for MLB before we sign off, too. Mm -hmm. Make the trade deadline at 8 p.m. and make every single game that day at noon or or, uh, between noon and 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Spice this shit up, dude. Spice Why make it at 4 p.m. and all the games are at 7? You give yourself one more game, one more game to see because the the amount of teams that are waiting it out as long as they possibly can is not allowing 
other teams to actually be able to sift through the pool of players that they would be able to trade for. I know you could make preliminary calls and do invisible handshakes and hey, call us in case this happens, but like you can't live in a world of that that with that much uncertainty. There needs to be there needs to be a little bit more of a concrete feeling to this. So push the deadline back, Rob. You're reelected until 2029. Um the reign of terror as we'd call it. Um, and fix this, and it may—I think it'd make everything more fun. Yeah, Rob, be interesting for once. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, the owners have given Rob Manfred a tacit endorsement, uh, more than tacit, big old handshake. He'll be here for a long time, wrecking baseball. Well, we'll see what happens next week. We'll be back with you live on Monday, and then we will be live again Tuesday after the trade deadline. You know why? Because we're going rogue. That's why. Um, if Thursday merits a podcast, I well, might do one Thursday too. But sure. the plan is. Monday, Tuesday, preview, and then when we know what we're getting or giving, we'll be back at uh, this YouTube channel right here uh, to be able to tell you more about what you saw and and what you ended up with. Fernando, Roberto in the comments, everybody wants to work here. Uh, We're just some guys, but we do welcome your patronage. Thank you for showing up today, making the comment section lively. We're just two dudes who kind of love the New York Yankees, I guess. Uh, A little tired of what they've become. But you know what? We'll be here talking about them. I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Logged in right now, and what comes on my timeline? A video of uh, Broncos head coach Sean Payton taking a bong rip. Great. (laughs) Video? There's a video Great. It's good stuff. Um, you can find the both of us, though, uh, at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, content, 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 YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of it for you. There's going to be a lot of stuff over these next couple days, especially the weekend. And then we are on all day and night on Monday and Tuesday, baby. We are going to be burning the midnight oil. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for reading and listening. Have a great weekend. Let's go, Yanks. Enjoy the off day. Take a breather. And we'll see you later. It sounds like Sean Payton was hitting that midnight oil, bubbling <laughs> it up. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, is there, there is oil in there. Technically. Uh, we'll see everybody on Monday. We'll be right back here live 2 o'clock Eastern and then find us after the deadline on Tuesday. I'll be live on the Baseball Insiders on Tuesday right after the Ooh. deadline. If you want to watch that, we're talking national ball. Then after that, I'm coming right here and I'm doing it again. So mm-hmm. come find us. We'll give you the Yankee spin. Uh, yeah, of course. Shout out Roberto. Shout out Fernando. Shout out Angelo, who deserved it. Like he says, smack that like button. Please go ahead and do it. Hit subscribe. Find the audio feed on your preferred podcast platforms. And we will see you all back here next week. Take care. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.